Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. Welcome back to the Born Raised Audio Experience, brought to you by Onyx Hunt. Um, guys, today is a special one. I'm sitting down with John from Sharky's Charters. So, John, is uh, he, he contacted me, what, about a year ago, right? Yeah, I'd say uh, about a year ago. Yeah. Let's and go fishing. So, he goes, man, I love watching your guys' stuff, and uh, I'd love to take you guys fishing. So, that kind of... It kind of jump-started our relationship and friendship, and it's just been it's been awesome. We just got done with another trip uh, with him on doing some long-line fishery stuff, which we'll get into later. But, John, kind of give a little bit of background about yourself. How did you become a fishing guide? How did you go from – because you were in biologists, biologies, right? Yeah. So, to start uh, out with. Yeah, I, I've always been a, a fisherman uh, on the ocean. Uh, and hey oh by the way yeah thanks thanks for having me on here man <laughs> this is awesome uh i love oh, hanging yeah. with you and uh, oh yeah and uh guys thanks for tuning in and uh listening to me rambling on about some of this stuff <laughs> we're gonna hope, we're gonna dive into some cool stuff yeah i hope you uh, really enjoy it. there's a lot of cool stuff to come stories about the ocean but how did i become a, a guide um man everybody's got a, a path in life that they're gonna they're gonna take and mine was pretty uh, weavy, you know, back and forth, yeah. but I've always had the roots. Uh, my grandfather, uh, would take me fishing out of Newport, Oregon. Um, you know, I'm a new, I'm an Oregon bo- boy, uh, you know, uh, third generation. Um, and anyways, we'd fish out of Newport. I got the love for the ocean, uh, the love for salmon fishing, uh, back in, you know, those days we, uh, did a lot of coho fishing and, uh, some bottom fishing. But, you know, uh, it, it led me to eventually uh, pursue a degree from Oregon State University uh, in uh, marine biology. And so uh, during that time and pursuing that, which took me about five years, but we got it done. I've been, I've been, I've been there, you know. <laughs> uh, so still paying on that loan, but it's, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> um, so... Uh, so uh, work, I, di- I did some work with the uh, Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife while I was going to school. And uh, I worked as an EBA in the summertime and, you know, just, just kept exploring my... What's an EBA? Uh, experimental biology aid, uh, okay. kind of like the grunts of uh, data collection and uh, field work. Like the lady that was on the dock when we came in the other yes, day? Yes, exactly. I, did, gotcha. I was a port sampler. Gotcha, um, gotcha. And uh, so I, ha- I finally got my degree and I went to work as a uh, observer uh, in the groundfish uh, fishery. I went okay. um, to uh, Dutch Harbor, Alaska, my first deployment with uh, the National Marine Fishery Service and uh, Alaskan observers was to uh, go up and... Uh, observe uh, during the winter so uh, it was so cold up oh, there man. i have a saying about alaska that place froze over and they call it hell but that's another story that's a different story <laughs> alaska's awesome you guys yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, i have uh, family in alaska but uh, my first experience was getting into that and uh, working in the groundfish fishery in uh, alaska as a biologist and i did that uh, for a total of about eight years um, you know uh, worked Worked uh, here in Oregon as well on, um, again, uh, the trawlers, the netting boats, the, the boats that uh, go out and catch hundreds of thousands of pounds of fish per season, uh, all the way from um, 
pollock and uh, cod, uh, halibut, sablefish, uh, just to name uh, quite a few. You know, but that's, that's cool a few. to see it, I guess. Yeah, tremendous amount of uh, experiences. And I've, I've seen, uh, you know, just I've been up in the Pribilof Islands. I've seen frozen oceans, fifty-foot uh, wow. seas. Um, I've worked with people from all around the the world um, at sea. Um, we'd be, you know, gone for, uh, you know, I'd do a deployment for three months, and I might see land twice in that. So, for <laughs> me, it, it felt like my military service to our country. There so once, go. so once I was done with that all, and I, I went, it's crazy. I like I felt like I've lived so many lives, but I think we all have, you know. Uh, <laughs> After, after uh, working as a biologist for a while, um, I decided after a turn of uh, events that I was going to um, buy my own fishing boat and pursue my what age we What age are we at, at when that all transpires? Uh, so I would have been about 35, uh, no, a little bit older than that, maybe 38. Okay, so okay. I was, still, uh, I, was still, I was quite a bit younger, you know, than I was, am now, but... Uh, uh, anyways, um, got into that, uh, bought a, a commercial fishing uh, boat, fished out of Charleston here where I'm, I'm at Currently now. Currently at. Yeah, and um, I did the, uh, I got an Oregon Dungeness crab permit, and we did that for about a total of six years. Uh, I crabbed really? in the wintertime, and then I'd take the uh, boat and fish it for tuna or salmon uh, in the spring and the summertime, and that just went on and on. And um, I still spent a lot of time at sea, and so <laughs> I was like, "How how do I uh, keep continue to fish, which I love, uh, and um, you know uh, how do how do I do this?" So in the summer times, I did a lot of time uh, uh, selling tuna off the dock to people, and I found out I'm really like talking to people, and I love mm-hmm. people. So I thought to myself, "Well, why don't I go get my Coast Guard license?" Uh, you know, now that I've run a commercial vessel. Uh, for you know all this all these years uh, I qualify um, you know it's a it's a pretty stringent requirements uh, to actually get your uh, 100 ton master's license really um, so many days at seas uh, you know and uh, just all these other things like kind of like a pilot license, right. um, you know to take people out uh, you know uh, so I decided I, you know here's the opportunity I'm gonna sell my uh, commercial boat and I'm gonna be home in the evenings, and uh, I started guiding. And uh, since then, it's just uh, it just keeps snowballing, and this is the adventure of my life. And that's I a catch big step, fish. though, right? I mean, that's a huge. I, I think I, I, coming from my background of cutting trees, working in the yeah. woods all the time, and and going, okay, we're gonna do born and raised full time, you know. And it's a big step, and I think in everybody's life, as far as when you really take a different, a whole different path, which maybe in the past that you've you've wanted to do forever or something, it's always been a dream of yours, and then turn it into a reality. That's that's a different deal, man. Yeah. It's a it's a big step. Did, were you did you have people just coming beating down your door to go fishing and pay you to t- to take them fishing at first? Uh, no, so uh, you know. I didn't have people coming uh, to beat my door down. I was nobody, really. Yeah, um, it's a... You know, but I kind of, I kind of, uh, you know, knew that this, that the... Uh, I tried radio, um, and I tried different sources of advertising, like different paths. I was kind of fishing, trying to figure out how I was going to get my name out there. And um, 
you know, uh, there with guiding, I can tell you it's mostly, it's a lot of word of mouth. Um, and then, um, you know, getting out there on platforms like social media, YouTube, uh, it's a lot of work, um, you know, owning your own business. And yeah, Trent, like, uh, that's I I think that's why I'm so excited to finally you know get to hang out with the born and raised crew and the power and energy that we share is that that uh, you know um, that I don't know what we call it risk taking but it's you know, that we're drive follow- to do something different I yeah think. we're following it, our dreams totally totally yeah. yeah no and and you mentioned radio there for a second that's how I ever first became to, to know about you. And I'm talking back in my cutting days, and this has been years ago, and I'd listen to the AM station, yeah. and you would come on every Thursday, yeah. I think, and you would have Captain John's uh, Ocean Review or whatever, yeah. uh, you know, and it was it was really cool, and, and I actually did, had no idea who you were back then, I, obviously, just from the radio, and so I always thought, man, this guy knows how to fish, because it usually seemed like when that you were on there, you were always catching them. Yeah, you were always going out and you were always getting it. I'm thinking, I've talked to other people and they are not catching anything right now. And and so I kind of was like, wow, you know, and I always had in the back of my mind, you know, oh, yeah, Captain John, I've heard about him and everything. And then then when you reached out to me, it was just like, okay, yeah, this is going to be fun. This yeah. is going to be a good time. So and, and, and that's what the gift that we have right now of social media. Yes, it can be used for a lot of bad things, too, I think. I think, you know, there's 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 that side of it. But man, without the, the hub and the and the connection that you can have through whether it be email or whether it be Facebook or Instagram, it's pretty incredible now how whereas like you were saying before, it's just word of mouth and it's tough to get things off the ground from just word of mouth saying, hey, you know, and book solid for a year and make a living for your family. I, I, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was tough, I imagine, before, you know, that kind of information hub came out. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, the beauty of our social media outlet. You know, uh, born and raised, uh, I think you guys inspire me. You educate oh, really? me and you entertain me, <laughs> and that's and that's what I aim to do as well. And, yeah, sure. And I think you guys, uh, you know, that is, you know, through radio, uh, through social media, through um, traditional means like um, hold have seminars. We've done seminars over at England Marine. Cool. You know, I'm trying to educate people, um, trying to, you know. Uh, just uh, pass pass on that uh, pa- passion yeah. to other people and give them that gift because I think um, you know it uh, awakens a, a side of our uh, our consciousness that we just could lose touch with today's modern in today's modern world. You know, a lot of us uh, the reason we're here today is because our ancestors were hunters and gatherers and they were successful at it, and so. Uh, when I go out and I fish or I go out and I hunt, um, you know, I'm celebrating the fact that I'm from a long line of providers. And, you know, I think Absolutely. that, you know, uh, too, Trent, I think that that's something that that you are as well. You know, you got uh, you excel and uh, that's, you know, what's what we do. Um, you know, we're good at. We have our niches, right? Yes, we're niches. Yeah, we have our niches. Yeah. yeah. So we, yeah, when we started out with the elk thing, we 
you know, we worked our butt off at our elk thing and our niches and, and uh, the same with you in the ocean. And, yeah. uh, but it's, it's success in those things. I think it can, it, it, it can really be a broad spectrum over not just life, but, you know, in other things in business, uh, entrepreneurship or, or what it, whatever it may be, you know, I think, yeah. I think it's definitely contagious in that in that in that realm i believe so so let's just uh so you got into guiding and um it's blossomed for you pretty good correct yeah correct yeah, yeah. we've got a little office here now this is a beautiful office Thanks. it's got bucks giant black tail bucks hanging in it and fish and fishing rods and bear bear skin rugs and it's an <laughs> awesome office there's a there's, <laughs> this is like the man cave for us now it is too i love it uh the the charleston marina uh import of charleston has been really uh awesome to uh let me have this uh little office you know and uh is there a criteria for oh for sure uh, is there for being yeah i here? have to definitely this is not i lease it from them and, okay um so uh it's been really cool that they got me in here and um, it just, you know, uh, the the timing worked out. Yeah. It was available. Nice. And I was able to move in here. And, uh, you know, I started out in the parking lot meeting my clients. Uh, we didn't have a bathroom. That was really hard. That's a different one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I joked about it the first year uh, that I got here. I was like, man, I got this place so we could have a bathroom in the morning is what it was all about. <laughs> it <laughs> helps. A place to meet. But yeah, uh, Sharky's has been uh, successful. There's been a lot of people that have helped us along the way. Um, and um, we, you know, real thankful uh, for that. Cool. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got a, a, a another captain that's uh, working with me. So we're trying to uh, you know get more people out on the ocean. Uh, definitely looking to to grow. Uh, there's still a lot of people that uh, would like to get out that aren't getting out on the ocean. Yeah, um, it's just a matter of finding uh, you know the, the right person because here at Sharkies we're all about like customer service. Yeah, and. Um, uh, a good product, you know, and it, it may not, I always tell people this isn't like, I'm not, I'm not here as a fish market. Um, well, you know, I'm here to offer an experience and sometimes we catch fish and I always undersell what I do. Sure. Um, you know, of course we go out and we catch, uh, some amazing fish out of here. Um, and that's you know. what that's what I noticed too. Like I've been on a lot of a lot of charter boats uh, in the past. Around, I mean, that's if you don't have an ocean boat, that's pretty much your only way to get out there, yeah. right? So, uh, big charter boats as well. Um, a lot of different ones, and and it is it is. Uh, you go out and you get your basket, and once your basket's full, you come back in, and that's what that's what you do. Which is totally fine. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Which is which is totally fine. But then when the first time we went out with you, we went tuna fishing, and it was it was all the way out it wasn't like you couldn't talk to the captain you let the captain do his thing and you just sit there and wait till we get no it was a conversation it was a it was so much fun it added so much more to the trip because it wasn't just a uh we're gonna go out we're gonna hit this fishery if we catch them we catch them if we don't we don't we're coming in and uh give me your money you know what i mean it was uh we caught some tuna fish and you're like, well, what else do you guys want to do? You guys want a shark fish? And we're like, yes, that yes. sounds awesome. <laughs> and so, I mean, it was, it was totally, it was kind of a, a relationship and friendship yeah. as far as it, it was, it was so much more personable and uh, it just added so much to the trip. And um, anyway, and we ended up catching yeah, a bunch I'd, of stuff too. Yeah, that, li- that helped. I'd like to see that <clears throat> continue in the future. I think that's the, the new face 
of um, yeah. uh, that, that ocean experience is actually um, is the, to educate people. While yeah. I'm out there, I talk a lot about the fish. Uh, you know, we want to inspire them. Absolutely, you know? yeah. I learned so much about the the long leader fishery. I didn't even know. I live right here. I live right here. I didn't have no idea that was even a fishery. Right. And uh, got to go out there and experience that, and it was it was a blast, man. Yeah. We uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Total different way of fishing. I mean, electric reels, and uh, you know what I mean. It was a sure. totally different way of fishing, but it kind of opens your eyes to how vast this ocean is, and how how much life that it has, and how much it actually can produce for us. And um, that that's one thing. Every single time I'm out on the ocean, it's you see something different. I mean, last well, how many whales do you think we saw? Thirty. Yeah. So yeah, like I would say easily thirty there whales uh, out there. Um, we saw a few full breach clear out of the water. You touched on so many things in that little little bit there, Trent. Like, yeah, true. I'm like, true. where do I go with this next to tell you about this? There's so many things it's on just, technology and how it's been introduced oh, into fisheries. Yes. Uh, we're, we now use uh, electric reels. Uh, so people that... Um, haven't really can't participate in it as they get older oh. because they have injuries. Um, you know, a lot of guys work their whole lives with their bodies and they get worn out, you know. And um, so it's like my shoulder hurts. I can't I can't go out and I don't want to go out and charter fish or fish because I have to reel up from 300 feet. Well, now yeah. um, we can use electric reels and they've designed these smaller electric reels. So, um, you know, we're using those. Uh, uh, we've got uh, we've got new technologies now that allow us to anchor um, and hover over fish, so we can we can uh, find the fish with our our sonar um, and essentially um, hover over them and catch them. So we can do it faster. Um, you know, it's and and when I think about catching fish on the ocean faster, it's not like I want to I want to catch the fish fast so I can go in and be done with the fishery. I want to catch the fish fast um, because the amount of time that we spend out there, uh, you know, ocean fishing is uh, inherently dangerous. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, you know, say it's it's super dangerous to be out there because we've got so much safety equipment and, and, right. and the vessels are so, um, you know, they're made out of aluminum now and our engine technology is better. But I like to get out there. I like to get it done. Sure. And I like to bring people back. And, and there's a lot, you know, a lot of other things to get done. Uh, like process the fish. It gives oh, us more time to take good care of our fish. And um, so, uh, you know, we got technology, um, this new fishery um, that is out there. The uh, what We've dubbed it the, I don't know how it got the name, uh, the long leader fishery. Um, so I've got to mention uh, Wayne Butler down at Prowler Charters yeah. in Bandon, uh, worked with the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife um, to develop uh, what this what's called the long leader fishery right uh that was a, a process that took a lot of years he went out and um tried to convince the state that we could fish on um these what are called midwater rockfish they live out out deep offshore we were fishing what 300 feet yeah so 300 plus we were in 300 and uh i think around 360 380 380 feet man. right and so with with the uh, advent of these electric reels yeah. that doesn't seem so daunting i mean you can do it with conventional gear but it's it's really difficult um uh so anyways uh, wayne 
and the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife worked on this experimental fishery. They went out and they executed it, and they were able to prove that, yes, we can go out and uh, catch these uh, species um, with avoiding uh, the potential uh, interactions with yellow eye rockfish, which are still a uh, species that the federal government and the state have deemed uh, endangered. Now that's a whole nother topic, uh, I'm trying, uh, but um, w so Wayne got this fishery off the ground, Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife finally approved it. This has been about three years ago. And, and we can, so what the rules, there's, there's a lot of rules with fishing these days, yeah. but uh, what, what you can do is you basically can get out there in the deep. Uh, we have this what's called the long leader, uh, which is ba which is a thirty foot leader between your uh, bottom hook and the lead, uh, so it keeps your fishing gear up off of the bottom. And then you're also required to have a float up above it. Uh, this keeps the the fishing gear up off the bottom and away from these yellow eye rockfish, and 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 it also allows us now to uh, fish on uh, these canary rockfish, these widow rockfish, these yellow tail rockfish, uh, deacon rockfish, boccaccio rockfish. Boccaccio, that's the, the one. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, that's the rare one. Uh, okay. But we can fish on these. We're, the, this population has exploded in the last 20 years, um, and um, this, there's just an abundance of them out there. So uh, by... Uh, this fishery became uh, available to us. At first we scoffed at it as like another right. deal, like Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife, again, they've lost their heads and, right. and they want us to go out there and do all this, but let's go do it. So I went out there and did it, uh, kind of got over the initial, how do I deal with this, all this gear essentially, you know, right. how's it gonna work? And you know, when you go out and do things, you kind of figure out, you adapt to it and figure out what's gonna work. And we, lo and behold, we caught fish and we caught big fish. You said you were cramming them. Yes, we have. And, and that these fish now that they move around a lot. So if you go out and you want to do this fishery, uh, first of all, I'm going to tell you that uh, if you don't succeed at it, just keep trying. Uh, these fish move around. Uh, they're a midwater rockfish. They're, so they're really migratory. So they like structure. Uh, but um, you can have 10 of these and they're the largest rockfish that we catch in the ocean. Um, they're anywhere uh, between uh, three pounds to, you know, to the, the small size, these juvenile fish, up to the adult fish that we're actually targeting, uh, the, you know, the adult canary rockfishes that get up to eight to 10 pounds. So when you nice. come in with 10 of these fish, potentially you're coming in with 80 pounds of fish um, and you can catch them in such short order uh, that it's, it's a really good meat fishery. When people call me and talk to me, they say, I wanna go out and catch a lot of fish because I want to, I'm doing this for fun, but I'm also doing it to feed my family good protein. Yeah. And I say, well, this is the fishery that you should do with us. Uh, you should go out and do this long leader fishery. So that's just one of the fisheries that we participate in these days. One thing I will say though is, <laughs> like you just said, hey, go out there and you know, it's, it's a fun fishery and everything. If you don't have the technology that you had out there, right. if you don't have, um, I mean, cause the wind kicked up on us, you know, 
it wasn't overly bearing, but it would blow you if you didn't have that front trolling motor to keep you positioned or actually have a motor stability, or then and it goes from there to the electric reel to, I mean, all those things. If you didn't have those things, you'd be drifting so fast. Yeah. It would be a frustrating. And then, you know, say you had to reel each one in by hand. And I mean, it, it, it's not, it doesn't go as easy. I don't think as you talking about, I mean, I think you're a little bit. No, you're right. I'm overlooking some <laughs> think, of the things yeah, that I've... I think. Yeah. I couldn't go out there in my boat and just be like, I'm going to go fish this fishery and just cream them. You yeah, know what I mean? I think right. you, you, I think you're overplaying your knowledge of the fishery a little bit because yeah. it was like, without all those things that are in, in, in key there, man, a lot of that couldn't happen. You'd be hung yeah. up, right? You, yes. That's what you're telling us. Yes. I mean, I've had it. You so, drift so fast. What Trent's talking about you guys is, um, yeah. is my boat. I've uh, set it up. Uh, so with a, with a, this, uh, high thrust, um, self, uh, like a deploying uh, Minn Kota motor. It's um, like a bass boat trolling motor, kind of. Right. It's on the front of the boat. Right. They, yeah. they came out, um, uh, the, the self-deploying anchor feature that Minn Kota uh, developed that is actually saltwater capable. Now, you can, they've had uh, this, you know, these Minn Kota motors out for a while, but then they've developed one that was actually able to be taken in the saltwater environment. But what you can do with it is uh, you can anchor your boat or essentially hover in the water. Um, and, uh, that has, you know, when I first read about it and, um, heard about it, you know, my wheels start turning, what can I do with this? Uh, I can sit on top of a reef. I don't have to drift anymore. I can hover. Um, and, uh, that has opened up just so much, uh, to me and made me hyper successful, um, uh, you know, given the other knowledge that I have. So yeah, you're right, Trent. When I've talked about this stuff, there's so many things that I'm putting together <laughs> that, um, that make this possible. But yeah, so, uh, the Minn Kota motors, um, uh, they, they came out about, uh, six years ago. Uh, I got one of the original ones. Um, for me, I use it, uh, throughout all the fisheries. Do I, you really? I, all, I really have figured out a, it's a tool. Yeah. Um, I use it to hover. I use it as a bow thruster to, uh, oh, yeah. to, to right myself in the bay. Um, you know, while I'm trolling for salmon, uh, we use it to drift with. So I have a, I, I'll do a controlled drift essentially where I, I'm bit like back bouncing along the bottom. Gotcha. Um, I see. But, uh, it's, it, it definitely uh, is a great tool. It's something my grandpa wouldn't believe it, uh, what, what we're doing no right now. Yeah. Uh, but uh, combine that with our chart plotters and our fish finders, and there's just a lot of technology right. that um, I've incorporated in my boat, and I'm always looking for uh, new technology to, uh, to make uh, you know, my success improve. I mean, uh, you know, there's always a, a, a room for improvement in what I'm doing. And when you were talking to me about um, going out, because they're so our halibut season here off our coast is how many openers are there a year to go well, out? Uh, so f yeah, for the halibut season, uh, we open up in May uh, uh, for an all depth. And I don't know how many there may be in a year. It all kind of depends on how we we fish. But if I was to say that. Maybe there's a, a dozen openers. A dozen days that you can actually f legally fish for halibut. Yeah, yeah. The, outside of how many fathoms is that? Uh, you know, out, we can go out. Uh, it's called an all-depth fishery. So we, okay. w during the all-depth days, we can go out and fish into some of the more deeper productive waters. Right. Um, 
But so. some of the other waters in closer uh, with shallower depths are year-round, right? Yeah, uh, not year-round, but they, uh, they're they open every day of the week. Uh, in starting, uh, every year it's different. Now, you're going to have to consult the regulations if you're listening to this podcast gotcha. later on. Ocean fishing regulations are so complex yeah. uh, anymore uh, that, it uh, you know, arguably it's taken a lot of the fun out of it. Um, and, and again, my grandpa would not believe the stuff that we have to know now. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of ways to, to, to uh, you know, to try and handle that, you know. But uh, back to the halibut thing. Yes, yeah, so our halibut uh, fishery happens in the near shore um, as well. So that start this year, it started up May 1st. Right. Uh, traditionally, it started up about June 1st. Uh, but that that fishery goes on every day of the week until um, they, it, it closes, which is usually the end of September, okay, um, or until the or the quota has been met. Uh, but yeah, that that Minn Kota trolling motor has also Crazy. allowed us now to uh, hover in some of these nearshore areas that we wouldn't have been able to prop to fish. Uh, well, I mean, you, you could. Uh, there was lots of different ways I'd tried it, but um, now instead of drifting through these sand, uh, rock, sand, rock, I can park on a piece of sand and, uh, you know, let my stuff down and sit there and wait for the halibut. Kind of like tree stand hunting halibut. Is that the way it kind of goes? It's, it's, it's how it feels to me. I've done a lot of tree stand hunting and, um, you know, you find an area right. that that it has a, has a sign, which means basically you've caught fish there. Sure. Or the habitats there. I look for a lot of... Um, uh, shelves where there's sand or gravel that meet some hard bottom hmm. and it uh, if you find an area that's got let's say a shelf that's a long a shelf like I say it's 200 feet long and you've got sand along that or a gravel along that or like a flat shale bottom that that shelf acts uh, I think as a uh, fence kind of like hmm. I, there, I've done so much hunting too I kind of cross back yeah. and forth yeah oh yeah where uh, I it's like I'm looking for these funnels <laughs> where the animals or the fish are, are directed, right? Correct. We concentrate them. Uh, but anyways, with that Minn Kota motor, I can, f- I can focus on those funnels and I can hover on them. That's awesome. And we'll sit there and um, we'll put our, put our baits down and essentially just hover and wait and let the fish's nose um, work. And uh, halibut have a great sense of smell, like salmon. Yeah. Uh, they do a lot of, mig- they're highly migratory. They do a lot of swimming. These aren't the lazy bottom feeders that people might think they are. These fish have big tails. They're powerful. They swim from British Columbia down to Oregon and back yearly sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, uh, so. And you were telling me they're finicky sometimes, too. Sometimes yeah. they just won't bite. Yeah, I, sometimes they just won't bite. Uh, you know, um, I always thought that when I go to heaven that I'm going to ask, he's going to say, what, what do you want to know, John? And I'm going to say... <laughs> Tell me, one of the things I really want to know <laughs> is what these halibut were doing. It's not going to be about uh, JFK or the aliens. Yeah, I don't care about, I don't that, care stuff. about well, that stuff. I want to know what these halibut were doing because I'd swear um, that, that just sometimes they, they don't want to feed. And that's the cool thing about fishing and hunting. Yeah. These are wild animals. They yeah. do what they want when they want. And uh, that's what makes it ways. interesting. And Totally. And you told me before you were anchoring. 
Yes. Before the motor, before yep. you could hover really, you were anchoring at like how many feet? Uh, so I anchor in my boat out in uh, 200 feet, you know, and that's just not heard feet. of very often, is it? Right. No, not uh, a 24 foot, 26. No. Yeah. 26, foot 26 boat. foot boat. That's, it just doesn't out in the ocean. It just doesn't really. Right. Make, oh, and man. here's the disclaimer that goes with that. You guys anchoring is, is super effective. Uh, it's also very dangerous, uh, to anchor a vessel without, you know, knowing, how to properly do it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of videos out there, and if you know, if you guys want to get some insight into it, um, I would recommend you know checking out some stuff on YouTube um, about how they do it in Alaska. That's how I kind of learned. Oh, really? Uh, but I also did a lot of anchoring with my commercial vessel. Okay. So uh, we did long line fishing. So I understood uh, what it was going to be like to drift and set an anchor with 600 feet of line on it. And what are some of the things that I have to foresee uh, happening while this is occurring? Because otherwise, um, you know, you just have a, a lot of things can go south, and it could end in you're you're basically you capsizing your vessel or losing your life. Yeah. While you're setting this stuff, especially with this length of line and the weight of the anchor and the currents and the weight of the vessel and all these things you have to take into account. But anchoring can be highly effective for halibut. Um, Salmon, rockfish, uh, salmon even. Yeah, salmon. You would even. anchor at sa on salmon. Yes, fishing. you can. You could anchor over these bait balls uh, that we have off really? the coast and um, mooch. Yeah, um, because yeah. you're essentially you're hovering in a current. Gotcha. And so now you've got the current that actually can impart action on your bait while you hover. I think a lot of people don't think of the ocean as having current. Right. you know, as moving all the time. And, and they think, well, it's just a big pond that you just sit out on. And right. that's not the case, I don't yeah. think. That's and then you got wind and then you got, you know, all those things that actually affect it too. What, um, I kind of wanted to get into some stories on this. Yeah. I, I think, you know, that's what, when I'm out with you, I worried I'm driving you nuts half the time because I'm always asking you a question on something different or something, or what are you doing here? Or why are you doing this? And, and uh, just what are some of the crazy things that you've seen out there over the years? I think a lot of people, um, like I asked you when we were fishing, you know, as far as have you ever seen a, 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 a killer whale, you know? And you said, oh yeah, I've seen them a few times. We don't think of having killer whales off of our shores here in Oregon. Um, you've seen great whites, I'm sure, and stuff like yes. that. What is some crazy stuff that's happened or, or you, you gotta give it, you gotta give yeah. me a couple stories. Okay, so I got, I've got two that come to mind that I tell to my clients uh, when things get slow, you know, it's part of the entertaining part. <laughs> exactly. But I really, you know, I really, I love people and listening to their stories and sharing some of mine. Uh, that's, that's what makes my job so great, part of it. But so here's, so here's a good story that I'll tell. Uh, uh, it's about uh, an interaction between um, whales and a shark. Cool. So I had taken my uh, son, um, who's now 21 at the time. Uh, he, I think he was about 13 or 14 at the time. And um, I wanted him to come out with me and tuna fish. We were running the commercial boat and I wanted to give him that experience because I had had that as a young man. I, that was my first job was actually working on a commercial fishing boat uh, as a deckhand uh, for salmon. And we'd go out and we'd spend time at sea and there's just so much that goes on out there. It's like the, it's like the African savanna. There's just, it's wild. There, you know, the only thing that keeps you on the top of the food chain is, the, is that 
little thin piece of metal that's between you and the water. So crazy. So I get my son out there and we went out and we tuna fished and uh, it was an amazing experience that I got to share with him and I'm, you know, um, you know, trying to get him to grow into, to be a, 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 a good young man. And uh, we got him out there, <laughs> caught tuna fish, got bloody, you know, we filled the boat up with fish. Um, it was time to come home and uh, the fisherman in me, I had a little bit of ice left on top and I'm like, we'll catch a few more on our way in, you know? And so we're dragging the, uh, the gear uh, and it was really calm. Um, there were thunderstorms uh, near the land, which, you know, I was probably 30 miles offshore uh, trolling in. We troll at about six knots. So, you know, a guy could run about that fast. But uh, these thunderstorms are building uh, in towards land, so there's this beautiful light show. If you've never been on the ocean, that's one of the great things is the contrast yeah. between the sky and you've got this 360 degree view. So we've got the boats full, we're trolling towards land, there's these thunderstorms that's calm, so you can really see uh, the surface of the ocean, what's going on. And um, we troll along and uh, a thresher shark appears in our gear. A thresher shark has a tail that is as long as its body is. So it's it's really uh, a sea monster. If you, The first time I ever saw one at sea, that's, I, I thought it was a sea monster for right. about a second. <laughs> because all you see is uh, the, the, the tail of the shark whipping uh, like a bull whip uh, at the uh, at our tuna jigs, which oh, are trolled okay. along the surface. So the shark will come into the, the gear and he'll he'll try and strike those tuna jigs to stun them. Uh, uses that long tail oh, really? as a as a weapon and to feed himself and to probably defend himself. But uh, these thresher sharks can get up to you know a thousand pounds. So uh, you know they might have a eight foot tail, uh, and you see this whipping around this rubbery fleshy tail but there's no body there's no body you don't see that and so the first really? time i saw it i was like wow so here comes a thresher shark into the gear and i knew what it was because i'd seen him in the past i said son you got to come see this so i took him out there and and i'm like showing him this and he was just blown away by it it's if you if you ever get to see it you'll you'll i'm sure you'll be awestruck as well but uh so it's calm and at about the same time that thresher shark is there I see a gang of uh, uh, Pacific white-sided dolphins um, coming towards the boat. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're gonna come into the gear at the same time as this shark. As a kid, I'd seen Flipper, uh, you know that TV oh, show yeah. that was oh, on? Yeah. yeah, Black and white. Yeah, yeah. I'd seen an episode on there where the, where the dolphins were attacking the shark. And uh, that is exactly what played out Really? In front of our eyes, as we trolled, the dolphins came into the gear. Um, they must have they must have saw the shark because they went right for him, full steam, and they started uh, ramming uh, him with their snouts. And um, as we're trolling, we're kind of trolling away from them, uh, but we're not moving that fast. Um, I'm just like uh, awestruck by watching this. These dolphins would circle and ram into him and. And the shark's uh, fighting back. He's whipping his tail around at them. And I could see multiple dolphins like ramming just into him ramming and rolling him. I could see his white underside exposed and him just um, writhing. Or like, no like, kidding. Like in the water like a fish would do. And um, we're trolling away and I'm just like watching this. And uh, 
I like, did you, I just can't believe that just happened. We witnessed this. This is, yeah. this is uh, nature. National and, Geographic uh, stuff. Yeah, National Geographic. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so, yeah, they, I'm pretty sure that those dolphins killed that shark because as we pulled, you know, the, as we finally got out of sight, I could see the white underside of that shark. Belly up. Belly up. Um, and wow. um, so that's how that all played out. And I think that happens, you know, out there on the ocean a lot, you know. Just, it was so cool the other day when we, just the whales were coming up. And you would never know it. I mean, no. they're always, you know, they're underwater a lot of the time. And then you'll just be just sitting there, you know, watching your salmon, you know, watching your rod, waiting for it to go down or whatnot. And you look out. I mean, there was whales 30 yards off the boat coming up little bit eerie there i mean that was a oh, little my leg was shaking i didn't expect it <laughs> yeah yeah those when you... things were huge yes those uh humpback whales um they they migrate up our coast um you know with the feed and this is it time. not year round then you don't see them year round or do not you? the humpbacks no. um the gray whales we pretty much see year you round do. you see them um i don't see the humpbacks year round um the humpbacks kind of show up uh, i think on their way uh they they're down off of baja and they calve, you know, down in warmer waters. And then, yep. then as uh, the springtime comes, they, they move their way up the coast uh, with the upwelling and gotcha. the food and the whole, you know, um, the whole, you know, just the way that the ocean's pr providing for them. They migrate up to Alaska. Okay. Well, they might okay. turn around and come back. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that we were out there in the, <laughs> that salmon bite and all of a sudden there's whales all around us all around they us. they it's it's so strange how they appear and disappear uh and they're such a large animal um but those ones that were near us were were really uh a lot like uh cattle they just or they're oh, doing yeah. their own thing they're they're not uh you know we don't want to get too close to them because we don't want to disturb them uh, but also they're dangerous because they're yeah. so large um uh, there was a fisherman in our port here uh, that told me a story uh, from this year uh, experience, and I, I believe him 100% because I know the guy. I know he wouldn't be making this up, uh, and he was injured because one of the whales had uh, breached, uh, and as it was coming up to breach, uh, it struck his um, aluminum boat, knocking him out of his seat onto the ground. Mm. Um, I always uh, worry about that, you know, because yeah. it seems like the, what they, the whales do is they they feed really heavy in the morning and then we get uh again kind of like the elk experience but you see the stuff in nature the right the bulls um they like to display or they like to uh, make their presence known and one of the ways that they do that is by by leaping out of the water and it makes this uh almost a gunshot uh sound it's so loud when that 20 tons of whale hits the water in a big <laughs> belly flop that I think that it, it, it uh, and that the louder it is, um, you know, that the bigger the bull is and they like to slap, they like to slap their fins. Yeah. They like to tail lob. Um, but this is what happens. And so, uh, you know, we see these, uh, whales jumping a lot. Um, it's just an amazing thing, uh, this time of the year, especially when, when, uh, like you said, the, the coast, has like we were like 30 of them maybe around us oh know. man they were everywhere uh the the coast is really productive right now you know we went through a a warm ocean phase where the, there's this el nino and we've got this blob and the ocean's not doing well but then here we are uh four years later the ocean's uh in another regime a cold regime or a, a 
you know, and, and now we have uh, this rebirth and this just uh, regeneration and uh, all the animals are benefiting from that. And whales, uh, like other marine mammals, have been protected uh, by the Marine Mammal Protection Act. Like It was like in the, the uh, mid-70s and um, they've really uh, flourished, at least some of them have. Really? Um, You've noticed a up spike in their oh, numbers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, they've really flourished, um, you know, and uh, humpback whales uh, are one of them that I see more and more of. I see, uh, you know, we saw, we had blue whales here uh, off the coast last year. Uh, those uh, are the biggest, right? Those are the biggest mammals on the planet. Wow. And uh, they are something to behold. They're almost electric blue colored. And when you see them, you're going to know that you've seen a blue whale because... Um, Obviously, they're the largest of the marine right. mammals, but when they roll or when they they spout, you know, you're always looking for these spouts on the ocean. That's right. how you see the whales first. Um, the spout's really big, but when they go to actually dive, it's like there's there's no end to the whale rolling. It's like whale, 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 roll, 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 <laughs> back, back, and then. Um, you see a tail that's you know like 50 feet wide giant it's, tail it's just uh, unbelievable um but the sights you see out on the ocean that's what that's what keeps us going out there and oh, keeps man. us going back we just there's so much mystery out there um you know you can't see what you're going to catch and we know you know uh i i know what species are out there but i'm always surprised by uh, new species that we catch uh, sometimes when we're out tuna fishing um we get uh exotics uh, uh we've caught um dorado yeah, that's what shocks me. Like talking last year, like we uh, you, you were talking about on a trip or two before we went out, you caught Dorado, which is mahi mahi, I guess. Which you think, okay, that's a fish in Hawaii, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what you think. And and um, you've caught some yellowfin tuna before. Um, and then the craziest one to me was was uh, we reeled in this tuna, we're hand lining, and, and it was usually, I mean, you gotta fight them kind of with by hand, and this thing came in pretty easy, and I was like, oh, this is easy. Well, it's because its tail had been bitten off by a mako shark. Right. And you could tell that because, I mean, there's just teeth marks everywhere, and if you ever seen a mako on TV or whatever, I mean, it's just like a face full of teeth. Yeah. And um, you don't think of that. I mean, on our coast, you really don't think, oh, wow, we could catch a mako today, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many different things out there. One of these days, we've got to, we've got yes. to catch one. I think that, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's just a matter of going out there right now. And I'm, I'm learning more about how to, um, how to catch them. Uh, we've, we've caught a mako. Uh, we've actually caught two. Um, one that I was trying to catch. Um, and then one that we caught incidentally. And that's another crazy story. We were tuna fishing uh, with my clients. I just got... I just started Sharky's Charters, and um, we were in a circle for tuna, and handlining or handlining, handlining, handlining tuna, and um, we get shark bit like you're talking about. Yeah, the makos that's the way that's the way they do it. They they take the tail off. The tuna bleeds to death. They come back, pick it up. It's a lot easier for them. Oh, really? Less okay. energy. It's all about saving energy in the ocean for fish. It's like the most return for the okay. least amount of effort. Kind of like me and McDonald's. It's like I pull up, get fed. <laughs> Super easy. <laughs> Super, Super easy. easy. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we're in the McDonald's drive-thru out Correct. There. Yeah, <laughs> correct. And the shark's like, uh, yeah, I'll take a big Big Mac. But uh, So um, we got hit by one of these. The guys are like, ah, oh, shark's on the tuna. And I'm like, well, pull it in. Okay, so we pull in. We pull in this half-bit-off tuna. 
the guy, I think what happened was um, the guy got a little blood on the jig because the sharks, uh, from what I can tell, they can differentiate between things that are alive and things that aren't. I think there's a lot of electro-sensitivity gotcha. in the shark as well as smell. Um, so back the jigs go in the water, I'm catching tuna, I'm in a circle. Well, the shark hasn't left and he's like, this is an easy meal. I'm gonna keep feeding the tuna are here. They're with the sharks usually, or vice versa, I mean. Uh, so the next thing I know, my clients are like, the shark's on, we got him on. And I'm like, what? And so I go back there and the first thing I know to do is I slow the boat down because I knew that um, that he, there was, there's no, we weren't on a fishing reel, so there's no, other than the give of the line. No drag. Right, there's no drag for the shark to rip. And I've seen videos of these Makos, they go berserk. They jump, they... I've seen them jump like eight, ten yeah. feet, huge. Huge jumps. So um, the shark's on the line, so I, 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 tell, I slow down to a, just an idle and I... And, um, I grab the line, I've got my gloves on, I grab the line and I start pulling the line in and I'm like, I don't know how this is going to turn out, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, I'm a fisherman, right? I want to catch it. So I start pulling the line in and, uh, and my experience with uh, the commercial fishing was, is you get these big fish, um, especially like Chinook salmon, same thing. They don't really know what's happening. They don't, they've never experienced this. They don't know how to react to it. I'm pulling this fish in and he's coming in. Um, and I'm pulling him, uh, and he just keeps swimming up to the boat, and I can't believe this. Here comes this seven-foot Mako holy shark holy. and swimming right to us uh, with, with this jig, and it turns out he's hooked right in his nose. Like, and I don't, you know, like a bull. Like, Couldn't I don't have been know, any more perfect. Like, it's got to hurt him. Maybe it's short-circuited his brain. I don't know, but uh, anyways, he doesn't really realize what's happening. My mind goes into this like, oh, yeah, this is like the big Chinook. You sneak him up to the back. And before they know what happens, you whack them on the head and stick a gaff in them. Oh, boy. And so I'm like, give me the gaff. And, and uh, so that's exactly what I did. I, as soon as uh, he got close enough, I swung the gaff with the, with the pointed end right for between his eyes to try and kill him with the first blow. That's what, that was my idea. It was like, I'm going to kill him with, and I'm going to stun him with the blow. And then I'm going to stick this spike through his brain. And that's going to be the end of him. And I'm going to get him well. That didn't. That wasn't the way didn't it worked out. out. <laughs> did, did, didn't really. But uh, the the gaff, I've I've stuck him in the head, whacked him as hard as I could when I sunk the gaff in, and um, so now I've got this shark thrashing on this four foot salmon gaff. Um, Seven and, foot shark. Yeah, and he's about one hundred fifty pounds um, of of muscle. These aren't flabby fish. These of are solid, mad muscle. Mad muscle. They're, and teeth. The, the Mako shark has the uh, has the title of the fastest fish in the ocean. Oh, it does. So yeah. um, it's uh, he, I've got this fish. He's mad. He's thrashing around. He comes off the gaff. Um, but again, I've done this so much. I was able to spin the gaff around again and and catch him again in the in the top of his head. And now I've got him again. Uh, he'd come off. Uh, got him again. So I'm now, I've, I've got a hold of this fish leaning up against the rail of the boat, leaning back. There's no way I'm bringing him in the boat. I know that, you know, he's, I've, I've got to try and bleed him or kill him somehow. Um, so I, I had, I have the guys give me a knife. Are they at I, this point thinking you're a little bit crazy? Are I they think going, so. There's two cool. of them that are <laughs> just hands off. Right. But I had this really cool guy from Idaho that was, uh, he was like a cowboy, uh, and I, have, and I had my uh, son-in-law, which is, he's a, a, an oil field worker. So he's like basically a cowboy too. Except, there you go. 
So these guys are they're up for the adventure. The other older two guys, they had a lot of experience with these sharks. Oh really? Uh, in uh, the um, offshore fishery, and usually the guys were like, "Let's get rid of these. We're tuna fishing. We don't we don't have time for sharks." But me, I'm this, I'm like in my mind, I'm like, "This is Sharky's charters. I need to catch this. This is gonna make me. This is gonna make. This is gonna this is gonna make me. This is this is Sharky's charters." Yeah, I love it. So, anyways, the, the fish is hanging there off the side. Um, I get a knife in my hand. I I rip it through his gills. I'm trying to get him to bleed out. I hold him there for like five minutes, waiting for him to bleed out. He kind of he kind of starts, you know, fading. Uh, but I know from past experience with blue sharks that this is just, they're just like, I don't know, they're, they're not dead. They're not. Really? Yeah. So if you guys have this happen to you, these, these sharks, um, they will, they, they have a life force that all these fish have a life force that they're just not going to give up. So I knew, I was like, okay, you know, we're going to have to, at some point I can't hold this thing off the side. I'm, I can't hold on. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's, I think he's pretty dead, but I know we're going to have a fight in the boat. I tell everybody, get back. Everybody stand back. I was like, get back, <laughs> get in the back. <laughs> oh. And I, and I try and lean back and use my leverage to pull him over the side. I can't get him up over the side cause he's too heavy. I yeah. just can't, uh, you know, I, I'm 200 plus pounds, 220. Um, this shark's 150 pounds. I can't get the leverage to lift him. So I had the cowboy from Idaho. I'm like, come help me. Well, this guy, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's really buff, you know, outdoors guy. He grabs onto the gaff with me. And so I think, uh, he was just like, he heaved on it so hard that I fell over backwards. Oh no. And, um, I still see it in my mind, this shark coming through the air, snapping <laughs> and missing, uh, the Idaho guy by like, I'm talking centimeters really the shark's got his mouth open snapping the guy's just misses getting his arm shredded um the fish lands on the deck it's still got the gaff stuck in its head my son-in-law thank <laughs> god is not uh you know weak hearted he jumps onto this thing the gaff gets a hold of the gaff falls to the ground with it and is uh <laughs> shoving his foot against the shark's head the shark's biting um and, and we shove it against the, the tote and the shark's just biting this, this you know, this basketball sized mouth with nothing but shredder teeth. Oh gosh. And, uh, I, so I, I go all like, um, like crocodile, uh, hunter, like Dundee style. <laughs> I roll over and, and that's all I can think of is getting a hold of this thing and trying to control its body because, uh, once it starts thrashing, there's no way we're going to no. control it. And then it's just, then it's just this, we've got, we've got a killer in the boat, right? Yeah. We just we just brought a killer. Yeah, this was the smartest thing ever. Yeah. So uh, no, um, and I yeah. When you say that, I would never do that again. The way that just, I did that should have just tied him off for a while. I I couldn't uh, get a I could not uh, get a, a line around his tail. I didn't have the 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 stuff to do that with. Gotcha. I did. I wasn't expecting this. Um, now, of course, I I, I bring you know all kinds Multiple of stuff. Multiple gaffs with. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. ways to deal with these big fish, and one of them isn't to bring it in the boat. Not with in the you. boat with you. But anyways, so we end up riding this thing. It's, it's still alive. It's, it's uh, going to kill us if it gets a chance because obviously we're trying to kill it. It knows that. <laughs> and so um, the only thing that come into my mind to do is like, I got to rip the heart out of this thing. Oh, boy. And so I slashed it open uh, from basically from asshole to up asshole into chin. chin. <laughs> and I reach up in there and rip its motor out and... You, that's 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 where you went with that's it. That's where I went with it. I was like, this is the primal 
killer but it worked thing, and it did and it shut him down like uh, it was over after that I and then um, here we are we've got pictures of him I, you see it on my website if you guys want to go check it out uh, sharky's charterfishing.com you can see a picture of it on there uh, this is the shark the cowboys um, it's right up here on the wall train you see it the cowboy is uh, in the picture there beside me and my son-in-law has got the tail so it looks a lot bigger than 150 pounds yeah and um, so yeah, yeah. So that's that's one of those things you get to do on the ocean, and I want to do this more, but I'm not I'm not doing this by bringing it in the boat again. Probably not. No, because no. I don't think I'll be as lucky the next time. And those that's actually kind of a small one. They get up to uh, like 800 pounds. My goodness. Yeah, um, I'm not so. It's I, crazy. It just didn't rip right through your gear to me. Like yeah, it was kind of stunned. He, yeah. Like, when you brought it, you know, because I've just I've just seen video. I've never seen one, obviously, but those things jump and like do cartwheels. Yeah, it's just amazing how powerful they are. Yeah, how did how did that all uh, play out like it did? I just think uh, it, was, it was meant to be. It was it was and that's yeah. Sharky's charters baby. and nobody got killed. <laughs> yeah, nobody, got, <laughs> nobody bled out. We sure could. Oh man. So yeah, uh, but yeah. One of the cool stories. Uh, one more story I've Let's got to it. share with you. Oh yeah. Um, just because I love it. I've practiced telling the story a lot, so it should be good. Um, <laughs> but this is actually how it all happened. Uh, so I got my office here. People meet me here in the morning. Um, and we, we kind of, you know, we have our little powwow. We meet up here and have coffee, and then we, we get out fishing. So um, enroll these, uh, the two gentlemen um, uh, that I'm going to fish with for the day. And they're, uh, you know, they're the, the uh, kind of, I would say they're more white collar uh, than blue collar guys and they okay. roll in and okay. I'm just like hey good morning you know shake their hands professional you know I'm totally uh, good with that uh, they come in and um, then the next guy that comes in and again somebody I'd never fished with um, enrolls the uh, Scooby-Doo van and when I'm talking about Scooby-Doo van I'm talking about the the mystery the, <laughs> the mystery, mystery mobile. yeah the mystery, mystery mobile, mobile. And it, it literally had the painting on the side. Oh, it was real. It was totally like, I wouldn't say it was the... Sure, sure, but sure. It, but imagine, it was, imagine that, because we've all seen Scooby-Doo. Sure, sure. And uh, it rolls up and, um, you know, I, I know this is probably, this is made up in my mind, but like the guy opens the door up, the smoke rolls out. Oh, yeah. Out steps like Willie Nelson's twin brother <laughs> with the braids <laughs> and the, uh, the headband and the vest. Everything. And uh, he's a, his stature was not really big, uh, but he's like, hey, man, I'm here to fish. And I'm like, okay, right on. Let's, let's fish. I'm down with this. Uh, so I've got the two white-collar guys, and I've got Willie Nelson. And, and they and didn't know each other? No, they don't okay. know each other or okay. anything. And so I'm thinking to myself, how am I going to – this will be interesting. Um, you know, I'll, this is just interesting. We're going to go tuna fishing. So we get out there, and um, – Everything's, you know, it, it's, it wasn't uh, like a, a lights out tuna fishing day. It was kind of slow. And, and the two guys, the white collar guys, are sitting there and they're visiting amongst themselves. And, and Willie's there and I'm just doing my thing and talking to them all, asking them questions about their lives and just uh, making them try to feel comfortable out there. And, um, you know, uh, so the bite gets kind of slow in the afternoon and, and uh, you know, it's like, oh, this is, this is tough, you know. I want to catch lots of fish. Well... Willie, um, I would call him Willie. I wish I remember his name, and I wish I'd see him. Willie's even better, though. But <laughs> I think that's better. Willie, really, being being uh, you know uh, 
the mystery van guy, the, the hippie type, you know, that's so worldly. Sure. He gets up and walks towards the back of the boat and uh, looks up to the sky and he raises his arms up in the air. And, and at the same stroke, he says, he says, arise and shakes his hands. <laughs> and I was just, I was like, I was stunned. I didn't see that coming. I've never seen anything like it. The, the guys that are white collar, they're just like, I see them now in my head, just like shaking their head and like, and at the same moment, I'm just shaking my head because I'm like, this is going south in a hurry. <laughs> well, I'll be, I'll be darned if uh, a fish doesn't bite that line when Willie does that. Bang. Like, like, again, like it was meant to be. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was like, oh no, for the rest of the day, I'm going to have to listen to this. You know, and and uh, and and at the same time, I uh, I was just um, as a guide, you know, I try and uh, remember that everything good and bad happens on the boat is my fault. And <laughs> if I was to go negative on this, yeah, it would just follow that direction. But to me, at that moment, I chose instead to laugh about it. Yeah. And so for the rest of the day, uh, I just had to laugh. And the other guys, they kind of were stuffy about it. The white collar guys. Sure. But, uh it was so hilarious, and, and uh, I bet that just made Willie's trip. But in the end, it was awesome, and I tell that story uh, a lot now, and I'll go back out on the back deck and reenact it for people sometimes. You know how cool that? I mean, <laughs> yeah, for a memory, that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> it doesn't always work? No, it doesn't always, but it gets some laughs. <laughs> it works for more than just the fishing side of things, yeah. I guess. Yeah, good stuff. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I've had you on here for over an hour now. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, man, I just I just want to say thank you for taking us out and just for you know sparking this whole thing and and reaching out to us. I would have never yeah. probably reached out to you because I oh he's busy you know and obviously doing his own thing. So, man, I just really appreciate you reaching out to us and then it's it sparked something that we'll always have, I think. Oh yeah. And we'll be able to go out and, and one of these days I keep on saying, I'm going to get my own boat one of these days. Yes. You just have to teach me a lot of things. You've You've got to invite me. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be there. You have to teach me some things, but, um, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So at some point I, I will end up pulling that trigger, but obviously it's a finance thing. You've, You've probably experienced that before. It's really tough. Yeah. These boats are expensive. Yeah, they are. You know, uh, uh, I want to just tell everybody, maybe this is your first time, you know, listening to Born and Raised or whatever, but, uh, or, no, or hearing about Sharky's Charters, but, uh, you know, uh, I found out about Born and Raised, um, you know, uh, through their, um, the, the Land of the Free series. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's where I really, um, you know, to, I really, I would say I fell in love with you guys and your story and what you guys do. And the message that you're putting out there um, is, is, is um, it's real and it's about camaraderie and, um, you know, uh, uh, brotherhood kind of uh, in the outdoors. And um, it just, yeah, that's, that's what I, you know, I love that you guys hugged at the end. <laughs> you know, I love that. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's so real. And there's a connection um, that I felt between us and, yeah. and that just that whole vibe. That's, that's what I'm doing. Uh, you know, just trying to be real and um, getting people out in the outdoors and educating them, inspiring them yep. and entertaining them. That's and yeah. that's that's your guys's motto. And I live by that when cool. I when I go out and take people out. Uh, so 
check out the the land of the free series you guys if you haven't they got they got that one and they got 2.0 and we've got a bunch i don't of, know what else there you guys there's 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 uh duck we hunting do. and steelhead fishing and yep. these guys are uh definitely oregon raised and uh, born and raised in the outdoors and That's same awesome. with me and uh I hope we have lots more adventures together. I guarantee it's going to have to happen. It's going yeah. to—you won't get rid of me this easy. So. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> so, Same guys, here. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll link in the description below. But j- just go and Sharky's Charters. Uh, it's on Facebook, on yeah. internet, anything on Google. Google search Sharky Charters in Oregon, and um, anyway, it'll pop up. And if you guys are interested and wanting to have a fun trip and and just a personable trip with a good dude, um, yeah, I would look into it. I would definitely definitely recommend. Thanks, man. Hey, no problem. Next time, man. Okay. We'll see you.